0: Thank you. And welcome to another episode of Harmony in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. What? Mike. And Steve. Alright, so I think we're going to be getting back to our roots a little bit, because, uh... Fuck, 40k, hey? Yeah. What the hell? Um, wow. That's I honestly... I honestly never thought that I would be excited to talk about 40k again on this podcast. Well, and I- by again, I mean, like, ever. Because I was already so fucking done with that game when we started this podcast... And here I am, with multiple 40k rulebooks in front of me, excited to talk about the contents. Uh,
1: wait, yeah. those, and those rulebooks are yours? You yes! O-
0: you own them. I fucking bought them! <laughs> I are bought the didn't... dice! I bought the cards! You have more rulebooks for 40k than I do right now. I am well aware of this, Steve. That's pretty intense. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> which I, I think is a good thing, because, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll talk about that later. But, wow. Wrong. Um... So let's just jump into this weekend hobby, and I'm gonna go first, because fuck y'all. For me, the most part, I've been playing around with trying to find ways to get good-looking orc flesh in as few steps as possible. So I took a bunch of those old starter set figs I had from Warhammer Fantasy, and I've just been playing around with different color combos and everything else. And I thought I had the perfect solution, which was a mix of effectively snot green and camo green, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, but using the P3 colors, so trader green, Excuse me, and um, Iosian. So has, the idea is dulling it out a little bit. Is so getting yeah. kind of in, the yeah. in between, right? Because yeah. the snot was too was too vibrant. Cartoon. It's way too cartoony. Um, and then the the trader was just didn't have enough of that oomph to it. It was just way too dull. Um, so I'm doing that, and I found ways to, like shade it down, highlight it up. And then I was I was at thunderground today, and it turns out there was actually a green that I didn't own.
2: In which what range?
0: P 3 Really? Yeah. Ortic Olive, which is basically that color. The
2: one that I was telling you to use from the beginning?
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's a great story. <laughs> That's a great story. So, which is is honestly really close to the color that I was getting from mixing those paints anyways.
2: Yeah, it is sort of like a slightly more vibrant um, like catachin green kind of color, but oh, yeah.
0: just a little more vibrant. And a little lighter as well. Yeah, So, exactly what I was doing, so, um, yeah. So that's a thing. So it should speed it up that you can just buy that paint. I did buy that paint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bought that paint hard. Think um, of how much time you could have
2: so saved so just know. listen to me. Are you doing that
0: as just as a straight base coat? Like, is that what what's going on there? Yeah, that'll be the base coat, and then the trick is shade it down with, uh, um, Thornfall Green, and then Sanguine Base,
2: are you doing any, are you airbrushing on that base? Or are you?
0: It depends on the model.
2: Okay, gotcha. Uh, if there's I'm enough gonna say flesh, that's also going to be way better because otherwise you'd have to be like super careful on your mixes to make sure your airbrush uh, tone is always the same. Well, and. This will be a lot more consistent. To
0: be totally honest with that, having entirely consistent work flush is not something that I'm that worried about. Well, I guess that's fair. Because, like you know, natural variation is pretty good when it comes to skin tones. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, But just being able to go right out of the pot into the brush. Anyways, yeah, like, take that, shade it down with some uh, Thornfall Green, which is a very, Mm -hmm. like, browny, earthy green, Mm -hmm. and then some red uh, into that, reapply the base coat, mix in some worm, and so it's basically going to be like a five-step, six-step kind of skin. Nice. And then just in the areas around the faces, adding a little bit of flesh. And maybe a couple like red glazes or something around the, the the gums or whatever else, but it should actually go real fast and especially because it turns out shading with straight up paints and like painting it on is so much faster than doing washes and waiting for that fucking shit to dry.
2: Well, yeah, to an extent yeah. can be.
0: yeah. like um, it's it's absurd. well at least I'm finding for me it is so much faster to just like quickly blend in a shade. Like, you block it out quick with a line, and then blend in a little bit of a shade on there, and it it works phenomenally and goes super fast. Gotcha. Because, again, there's no no wait time for anything. Um, Interesting. And I think I've committed to doing uh, Death Skulls. Nice.
1: Again.
2: (laughs) The second time (laughs)
1: around? That's the blue and white, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Looted
1: Imperial vehicles, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so I'm really excited that all of y'all are working on Imperial stuff. In varying degrees, so I can actually loot some of your vehicles. Oh, yeah, okay. I
2: want to see uh, a grot for sure in one of my robots. You need to buy one of those kits and do two killer cans from the cohort Cybernetica. Yeah, I'm in. That would look really cool. Like that that full-on 50s sci-fi style, the looted, would be amazing.
0: Yeah, especially too, because you just have like the grot popping out of the top. Yeah. Like make, Wires kind of hanging the out the back. Hinge, yeah. You need to just
2: hinge the head over sideways. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be awesome. Because it already is like on its own, like little swivel turret type thing. You could hinge that in like two seconds. That That'd would be, be great. hilarious.
0: And then just do a more heavily weathered version of what you did. Yeah. So. So that's kinda where I'm at, is I kinda wanna because one of the ways for me to get really excited about working on projects is to have a bit of that extra connection to it other than just like, I'm painting these fucking toys. If I can kit bash up a bunch of vehicles based on your guys' armies, yeah, that have all been looted, it's going to yeah. make our any games that we all play together that. Much that was more always exciting. the
2: best thing. I remember when you were, like didn't have money for new models, but you had like some random bits from your friends' kits or whatever that you were kicking around. You are like, I have one of your dead Marines on my Rafe Lord's base yeah. from the last game we played. That was always super fun doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so that's where I am at. The other thing is trying to think of how to make buggies because they still you don't need have buggies. Because they're definitely. real good, but they still don't have an actual model that's made in the last 15, Is it twenty?
3: It's at the nineties. Oh, it, it might, might be, be the nineties. It might,
0: yeah, twenty-year-old model. Because it yeah, it's, was it Gorkamorka. Yeah, it is yeah. legit Gorkamorka, which would have been like mid late nineties.
2: Yeah, they had like the rocket buggies Fuck. and the other stuff. <laughs> like,
0: yeah,
3: they go way the hell I've be been complaining about that for a long time. That's got to be pushing twenty years.
0: I kind of like
2: those kits. So here, here's the thing It's the trikes
3: The trikes are the worst ones ever. Oh yeah well, The best part is
2: I'll give you that They're really hard to come by And you need squadrons of them
0: Well not that's Do fail them anymore? Well they do Do they? Yeah They're just The problem isn't the vehicle It's the orcs that ride the vehicle Yeah But they're in uh, such specific poses That converting orcs to ride in those vehicles would be just as much work as actually yeah. just kid bashing a new one.
2: Yeah, because they were like the one-piece cast guys, so like so the driver that would just go in, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And they're like half the size they would need to be to match the current range. Well, they, yeah. were, they were rhino-sized back then. Or I guess still currently rhino-sized. Like, they're just, yeah, totally Yeah, well, there's more than that. Just 20 years of scale creep, right? Yeah. Well, no, they'd be in the same scale as, like, the rhino. They'd be a l- they were supposed to be a little smaller, I think, than a rhino originally. A lot
0: smaller than a rhino. Because they are actually? They're supposed to be a little bit larger than an attack bike. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, because they're just war tracks, right? Like it's basically it holds two dudes and a gun. Okay. Right. So, um, but that's we're already we're already way up past this week in hobby for you. <laughs> I think I think we need to just go into into eighth edition. Well, well, we'll just maybe we'll maybe we'll spend some time talking about specific eighth edition projects, or maybe this week in hobbies, just let's talk about our eighth edition projects. So then people that don't always have a hobby that they work on have something to talk about. That's uh, what I'm going to be talking about, so don't worry. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty... Uh, I'm kind of... I'm excited you
3: know, about 40k. Not kind help, of. actually. Not kind of is not a word you can use right now, Tom. we am really excited about 40k. There we go. <laughs> the yeah, first step weird. in admitting you have a problem
0: is... <laughs> is drinking? <laughs> loving. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That
2: sounds reasonable I think there's And solution to All of life's problems Dan how about you? Um, Yeah my only hobby stuff I spent uh, Basically the last week Sick and then in BC And I just got home Like today's my first day back Mm -hmm. So uh, The only stuff I had done Really is The first handful Of miniatures Out of the Dark Imperium box Nice So the Of course went straight To the dessert With like the lieutenants And the sergeants And the fun models Yeah Uh, (laughs) Not the captain Because he requires Work to be salvaged but, um, yeah, the lieutenants, like... So you say salvage, though, you should mention, I'm guessing, that's shoulder pads, right? Oh, the the gravy armor captain is basically, like, I'm keeping the legs and maybe the cloak. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Just I, to get rid of insignias? No, just because I don't like it. Oh! I don't like the pose a heck of a lot. I don't like it. He's very... T- I don't
1: like his giant turtleneck. He's very barrel-chested, too. Yeah, he's, which I'm
2: like, he's a giant walking torso. Like, his proportions are weird. I don't like the arms... Um yeah, so he's way more than just shoulder pads like assuming I don't just cut him in half and then throw him in the garbage, like he'll probably end up being <laughs> like a ridiculous amalgamation of bits, probably a lot of Tartarus Terminator. But anyway, he's he's a project that I'm still kind of pondering a little bit, but uh, if you decide to not do that, you can you can give him to me cuz I need a captain <laughs> for my fists. Anyways. <laughs> Gravis armor captain pro- guy? Yeah, sure. I don't know, but there are com- they are coming out with um, some blister pack and signals, yeah. captains and librarians yeah. and shit like that. It looks yeah. so, but looks good. Because they're not wearing the gravest armor, they're just in the standard Mark 10. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to have different rules and not be the top five. It supposedly has different war gear options. So I think those ones are also going to have rules in the pack because they're not in the um, actual Imperium Volume Volume 1. So, who the hell knows? Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like there's going to be another assortment of Primaris HQ-type models coming out, which should be good, including a limited edition um, store anniversary one. <laughs> yep. So, basically, if I fuck up that conversion royally, I will have uh, additional models in the future to buy for Primaris captains. Nice. So, that's good. We good just to buy a, a new set. Just have two starter sets. Just buy a starter set just for one more model that I don't like that I can try and fix again. Yep. It's a great (laughs) plan. Sounds reasonable to me. what Yeah,
1: that's it. Dark Imperium as well. Uh, I was uh, doing a bunch of assembly, got rid of the Nurgle, and kept the marines. And, uh, yeah, I've been uh, working on those. That's uh, all I'm going to say right now. Ooh, he's
0: mysterious.
1: Ward, your sexy level just increased for me right now. Yeah. If I had a beard and I said that, would it be even better? Um, Soul Patch. Oh, okay. I've I've seen Ward's work.
2: It's going to be good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Believe it at that. Don't want to jinx any night. Michael?
3: I, of course, did the same thing working on the Dark Imperium box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got one squad done. And the um, jump hat guys and the lieutenants and the ancient are up on the board right now, primed and ready for the first layers of paint. Sweet. Nice. The squad's looking good, too. They're shiny. Yeah.
2: I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of them. I like them. Uh, for myself, didn't get much of anything done this, uh, this week. In the
3: summer, Steve, I'm shocked.
2: I know, eh? Um, but I did do a bunch of list building. Which kind of counts as this weekend hobby, play a few games. So I'm going to count it as this weekend hobby because it's the, it's the closest thing I got.
0: Well, tell us what you're excited about and maybe some stuff you're going to be working on to tweak moving forward.
2: Uh, I'm going to be picking up, uh, the as soon as they come out with the multi pose uh, Primaris Marines, I'll be picking those up because I uh, basically figured out how my uh, Vegas list, my LDO list, is going to translate into eighth. And I really honestly need just a character and five Primaris Marines and that list will work in its current iteration so pretty stoked about that um and I depending on the tournament size which I'm it sounds like it's gonna be about 2000 points that should be about perfect on the nose so pretty stoked about that that I can maybe bring that list down again cause I think it's gonna be I had fun playing it uh but I think it's going to be significantly more fun uh in the new edition like way more fun it's not gonna be that list was always like, either you stomped someone so bad because they didn't have the tools to deal with uh, just the crazy high toughness stuff, or you got wrecked because you had no ability to deal with the, uh, their mobility, um, which I think is going to be not so much the case anymore with the cohorts being able to move a little quicker. So,
0: Sounds promising.
2: Yeah. All right. So
0: really, anything other than 40k for shut up and take my money? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like, trying to think like what let's be fair is. here,
0: guys, because it's like I bought I bought books and dice and cards, and I know at least three other people at this table bought some combination oh, of similar I, things. I was going to say, I, I
2: didn't buy new stuff, but I actually started putting together my next group of witches, so that I will have 40
0: witches.
1: Go, Dark Eldar! All
0: right, so I think I need to paint up, like, five more boys to take that
1: down. <laughs> well, witches are good. Yeah, the power from pain, as turns go on, they get... We can, talk, we can
3: talk about that. If you manner. live for more than one round, you're in trouble.
0: Well, the problems with the witches' charge and one do da- one wound on 30 orc boys.
2: Yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine, because witches are really good in combat for survivability, which is shocking. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I think we'll be okay.
0: Uh, well, it's... Yeah, it falls into that same territory of... I think it was only 20 boys at that point, but that was still... 60 attacks on threes and threes.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's good. That'll take down 10 witches pretty quick, I think. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Should. Yeah, it did. So.
3: Yeah,
2: it did.
3: No, you played your Dark Eldar games. Yeah, I did. Ah. I wish I had put them back because the the dry brushing comments started anew, and I'm like, yeah, Uh, you know what? I might just hide this in the closet and burn it. Oh, that (laughs) sucks. (laughs) That's not fun. Well, don't burn your closet down because
2: that could spread.
3: Other things might be in there.
2: Don't, don't that, bring them out. They are, they're fun to play. The Dark Elder are going to be one of, I think, the most enjoyable lists to play. It's going to really be a rewarding army. Um, I think they play a lot like their fluff now, finally. Like the, and you're going to have to think, I think, playing them too, where you can, like you, with combat drugs, okay, I'm going into rules, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. And I actually, this is probably what I'm going to talk about. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Um, But yeah, anything else kind of like jumping out of you guys, stuff that, uh. I have something else.
1: I do as well. Okay, go. Go. Sorry, I'm cho- I'm choking here. Um I know. So I'm most likely going to pick up a blood bolster set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, to play the
0: humans or the orcs?
1: Uh to get to get everything, and then I don't know if I want to. Play oh, so you have the
3: board, problems. the books, the counters, the so dice. I, yeah, so
1: I have everything. Like I have like GW, old, I have I old blood, started, <laughs> blood bull started blood pitches and everything like that. But I, f- I feel like the new stuff just is it going to be a lot better.
0: Honestly, lot better. if you're doing it for the board, yes, I highly recommend getting one of the um, neoprene mats. From Maelstrom instead. That's next month. But <laughs> <laughs> like the, the new Citadel mat with the pitches yeah. is fucking massive.
1: Uh, but I, I still want to get all of the. He uh, like wants the dice, the ruler. The ruler, uh, it's the yeah, ruler you don't need
3: don't the
0: know, ruler anymore, man. Did you not see that Maelstrom mat that had the little chart on it with the breakdown of like what the passes are? He wants the dice, shut up. Dude, I will give you dice. I'm just saying, okay. like well, unless you want to so. do orcs or humans, yeah. you don't need that box. But it also has the rulebook, correct? Which is free online, man. Like, I'm just saying. Okay. If you want to buy that for those teams or whatever, yeah. like have adder. Yeah. But you don't need to buy that starter Te- set.
1: I mean, team wise, it's gonna be it's interesting right now. Like, I want to play Lizardmen when they get re released. Absolutely, hands down, like I will be collecting a Lizard But that team.
0: might be four yeah. years away from it. <sighs>
1: Yeah, exactly right. So, but I mean, in the meantime, yeah, I'm gonna have to take a closer look and see see what's jumping out of me for some of those other factions right now. But Blood Bowl is on my radar. Yeah. So if say. you buy the box and you
0: want to play the humans, I'll totally throw some money at you for the orcs. Okay. Um, but like really, because I think the box sets what like 150 bucks.
1: Uh, yeah, and that also has um the first supplement as well included in it right now. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: like, you can get a sweet mat for 80 bucks. Um, which, again, you don't need any of that other stuff, and I've got an extra set of dice. And if you uh, slide up to put a NAF, you get free dice anyway. or not free dice, but, like, you know what I mean. You it's a $5 annual membership. Yeah. Most of us pay for, like, four or five years at a time to I, take
1: all the swag. I was talking to Lawrence already, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's the extra for me right now. So there
0: is a game that is going to be a Kickstarter starting in September uh, called Carni- or Carnival, which is a skirmish game set in Venice in the 17th century under the premise of the world-flooded a water world, and Venice was the only city that survived because it's on ballasts. and So it floated? Yeah. Okay, Bad but it's skeptical. like Dan and I are both giving each other. <laughs> but the, the the new artwork for the new models, and apparently it's actually been. Uh, it was a game that existed and then went under, and TTC because it
2: didn't have ballasts.
0: Uh, <laughs> but uh, TTC Com- or TTC Combat, uh, the train manufacturer, mm. uh, got in on rejuvenating the game, and they're doing a Kickstarter in September. And a lot of the new artwork coming out for it looks amazing. Because there's vampires and swamp creatures, um, lots of like masquerade style Italians. Danny'd love it, there's poofy fucking sleeves everywhere.
2: I do like poofy sleeves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like a. The Pope moved to Venice when the world started flooding, so there's like an ultra religious faction. It looks. It looks really cool. Uh,
1: okay. Steve, Steve is making faces. Is there any like concept artwork yet? Or yeah, tons. Like if you look it
0: up on uh, Facebook, and it's. It's carnaval, like, so C-A-R-N-E-V-A-L-E. Oh, I've seen this. I've heard of it. So.
2: Yeah. Is Kevin Costner involved in any way? I fucking hope so. Does he have gills behind his ears? There I, are fish people. Are there a smoker? Oh, damn it. Is,
0: <laughs> is, is there a smoker faction? Mm. No, but there's, like, the doctors who are, like, into... Now that the world's gone to shit and there's no more government, they've started uh, doing all kinds of weird research on, like taking bits from one human and adding it onto another human, all kinds of messed up stuff. So, But the, the new artwork looks really, really, really good. Hmm. And one of the things that I've noticed these days is most miniature companies, their artwork is closer to the models than ever before. With a lot of the digital sculpting and everything, like, it's... You look at a lot of the new g stuff, a lot of Malifaux, even some Primitive Press, like, it was, it's not like you have this artwork that is stylized and very different from a relatively bland model that you have on the table, it's very much all the same now. So, Gotcha. I'm going to keep my eyes on it. It looks like it's pretty damn cool.
1: Hmm.
2: Nice. Hmm. I just can't get over the Waterworld comparison. Don't lead with that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> just do I don't like not lead with that. That is the only movie where I've ever fallen asleep in the theater. Really? Yeah. Waterworld. It is exceptionally boring. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's a really
0: bad movie.
2: Um, I wouldn't say it's a really bad movie. It's a bad. The parts that I saw weren't very remarkable. I don't know what happened in the middle. Yeah, it's just a bad movie. They
0: needed water. Sorry, water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. That's true. That's basically just the movie. (laughs) That's true.
2: And like, was so was it Everest they went to? Was that the end of the movie? No, because I think it was the only place high enough that that, that there's always left watered. Also, fun fact, physics of that don't work. There's not enough water in this world to actually make it so that just Everest would be Yeah, for the sea levels to rise several thousand feet is a bit much. Edmonton
1: would be fine. if, if, if If everything came up, the entire Earth would be covered in two miles of ocean. If everything melted? If everything melted and flooded, and we took all of the current Earth above and put it... In the deepest recesses. Oh, like if you leveled everything. Leveled everything. Yeah, but that doesn't, doesn't matter because there's still stuff that's higher than two miles. I'm just saying. Yeah, and there's deep... Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, if you made it all even. If you put Everest yeah. into, like, the trenches and all the other mountains yeah, into trenches. Made it and perfectly yes, spherical. So. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. That's
2: probably not going to happen. Well, not if you don't watch movies like 2012. If
1: the Mechanicum
2: decides to make a parade on Earth, it could happen. Yes.
0: Armies on Parade is Cause coming that, up.
2: Because that's what they did with you, Lenore. Oh, that's right. They, like, leveled, they like, leveled the entire fucking planet. Well, not the be, whole like, thing. Through. Just like one of the continents. Yeah. To make it perfectly parade ground flat. So it could happen. Which is, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, why Planet Bowling Ball is most of the battlefields in 40K. Yeah, it's just in honor of you, slash Armageddon. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's
0: historical precedent. Narrative gaming, bro. Yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> Fuck terrain. <laughs> Just a small grass field. I feel like it would not be grass at that point. Well, it would have been like, a, you know,
2: a thousand years later. There's a nicely manicured lawn that's grown over there. There's just like continent. 14
0: servitors that are just mowing the lawn for eternity. <laughs> that would be awesome. Could you picture how shitty of an existence that would be? <laughs>
1: they'd I hate to, mowing my they'd, lawn they'd so have much. To, they'd have to stop and get oiled every once in a while, but that would be about it.
0: This would be like
2: one fucking. Um, okay, I got a serious 40K question. Actually, very important. Are servitors nuclear powered? Do they have to eat or charge? I don't know if they've ever gone into the, the sustainability. Or are they like, like how like long bored? the servitors last? Do they do they like go into their alcove and get their powers? I really hope that they're
0: powered by human flesh.
2: I I feel like that's very forty k, but like their
0: own flesh, or do they eat people? Like they like they would be fed bits of like heretics or something to fuel them. I
2: don't know if they've ever gone into the logistics. Of well, they mentioned in course. in the Mechanicum. Uh, uh, Horace Heresy book that there are feral servitors that do feed on people. Yeah, biofuel. They like, But they just have their like their programming's gone wrong and they're just feral
0: servitors, because, you know, that's an issue. That I, I kind of want, like, a feral servitor <laughs> on me now. Can you imagine <laughs> if that's the first 40k release is feral servitors? That would be, no one would see that coming.
1: Just super mangy and gross. <laughs> there's a one where there should have been a zero.
0: Yeah. yeah. One <laughs> single. So what we need to do is collect all of the servitors from all of the model kits that we have and do like a very authentic-looking April Fools' 40k launch, but you just cover them with some static grass to make them oh, feral. Oh,
2: like my shitty uh, Hell Pit abomination yeah. I did way
0: back, which <laughs> was my
2: furry turn. Yeah, <laughs> that thing was disgusting. I love it. Absolutely. Okay, we should move on. Yeah, to I more four World Raven Guard bits. Moving on. Oh, you actually bought stuff. Yeah, I t- Phil was putting in an order, so I tacked on some like shoulder pads and stuff. So nice, so nice. I didn't have any Raven Guard um, chapter pads, so that's awesome. <sighs>
0: you do now well I don't yet well you will will. soon (laughs) soon have them soon they shall be yours anyways so uh, on the topic of shut up and take my money transitioning quite nicely into all of the new models that came in that new starter set
2: that we haven't really talked about too much before we can kind of go into detail since everybody now has had a chance to look at them and throw away their Plague Marines except for maybe Mike
3: Wait, no, I no, no! I, I don't have any old plate marines. It is all new stuff. Oh, okay. How many sets of only the one? I, I thought oh. okay, maybe I'll go for seconds. No, I got rid of it already. I got rid of it. Okay, whatever. I'll just go on until the, the other kits come out. I don't have a problem spending full price for accessory kits. And you can buy
2: one of the new easy to assemble kits that has some of the like the newer models for like half price and stuff too. Yeah. So it'll have three different Plague Marines, and I think it has the three um, scouts wearing shorts. The, what are they called? The, the Reavers? The Rivers? Reavers? They spell Reaver weird. I don't like it. I did not know that. I thought What is it like, like, R-I-E-V-E-R-S? Yeah. Or E-I or something. It's weird. It's Some,
1: mm. Yeah, it's something... Reviers. The not scouts. The, the not, not scouts. Because
2: scouts, they have skull faces and shorts. Well, I actually I have not looked at the Nurgle stuff at all.
0: Um... So, tell me about it. it. Honestly, the Plague Marines are phenomenal. Um, the, the, everything I've seen online, and I think for me, the best test of how good a model is, is when you see a bunch of people posting up photos online who are you know your standard hobbyists. If the models are looking real good, you know they're a good model. Where mm-hmm. you can do like a base coat, a wash, and like maybe something else, and the model itself looks real good. And I'm seeing a ton of this for these new models.
2: Okay, because I haven't heard much about these Plague Marines at all. I, I see most people kind of ditching them, which I was going to ask, why is that if they're so nice?
0: Well, because everyone wants to play Primaris, right? It, it comes down to the age-old problem that they've done in some of these starter sets before. Primaris Marines can be used... How many... Four, oh, let's ask this question. What percentage of 40k players have a Marine army?
2: Oh, I, I think they've mentioned this before. It's like 60% or something more. Okay,
0: so Primaris Marines, yep. they can be used in any one of those armies without batting an eye. Mm-hmm. Plague Marines are one of the four God-specific troops yeah. in an army that also has several other factions that are stylistically unique.
2: So it's universal army versus extremely niche army. It's always yeah. the case.
0: Because like, I'm not going to throw Plague Marines my Iron Warriors. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I... There's I, no fluff justification that makes, for that. That
1: makes sense. Unless, that yeah, unless you were going completely undivided and planned on having, like, some Nurgle, some Corn, some Siege. But, but who even, the fuck even, even does then, that
0: these days as cast players? No,
1: it's usually really one-sided. Of, unless you had a really w- OP formation for it. So what do you get
2: in the starter set for the Nurgle Marines? Get, uh, what, seven Plague Marines, a bunch of characters, and 20 Poxwalker, um, like, zombie guys? And the uh, Plague Drone. And the Plague Drone. Okay, so the Plague Drone is the the Forge World Plague Drone. It's it's like half the size of the Forge World one. The Forge World ones are huge. Are they the same style? Yes. It It looks looks like very similar. It's in the same vein, but it's nowhere near as big. Gotcha. Okay. So has anybody actually managed to put some of these together yet? Fuck no. I'm looking at Mike.
3: They're going to be complicated, so I haven't got to them yet. Oh,
2: really? So they're not the—they're uh, still like the same style, like one pose kind of thing. Yes. But just more pieces. They're—they're
3: they're not multiple pose. It is. There are seven parts to these. This model, Finish. don't mix it up with model B or C, or you're going to be in Game trouble. Over? Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
2: <laughs> I think some people have been doing head swaps and easy stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's different. Like, my shoulder pad swaps on the Primaris Marines are hard enough. The Nurgle Marines, it is not happening. Because <laughs> gotcha. their shit is all mutated and spiky and tentacles growing everywhere. Yeah, but I don't think you'd need to do a shoulder pad swap. Like, what, what legion are you going to swap them to? World
0: Eaters, obviously. Duh.
2: World Eaters, yeah. That, that Cornate... Uh, style really translates well to the pox mutated models yeah there's, there's definitely there's definitely really <laughs> that
3: you can swap them out well, they don't they don't need the conversions there's they are really really nice models but they're very this model looks like this you might be able to swap ahead or it's like a
2: it's like Malifaux style like That's this is what it builds as unless you want to spend like 20 hours re-sculpting the model hmm. it's gotcha yeah
0: <laughs> but the nice thing is too is that you're probably because of the way cast works you're not going to be having more than two squads in them Probably
2: not. Yeah, that makes that makes some sense. So, do you see these guys getting used? Like, once people get over their Primaris Marines, do you see people actually putting these together and painting them? Yeah,
0: well, in all honesty, the only way they that I'm going to go back, the only way that I'm going to get back into Marines ever again is a year from now when everyone's still trying to offload their Nuance Spru fucking Plague Marines. Well, I was going to
2: say, you already had a Death Guard army.
0: I do have a Death Guard army. Do
2: you still have that army? That yeah. one that you did, like, for fourth or whatever the hell it was, way, way like back? The all-washes
0: army? The all-washes army that I painted in, like, nine days. <laughs> that
2: I still actually think looks really good. I think that for, for painting something in nine days and having that many models is was impressive. If these models are better, I mean, could you imagine this day and age doing that?
0: Well, and this day and day age would be, you know? like, do some airbrushing to do a little bit of the base work, yeah. and then the rest with washes and stuff would be... Yeah. They paint up super fast. They paint up really nice. Uh, the models are gorgeous, especially now with all, like, the pigments and the, the yeah, You could Yeah, I think you could do a really good job on these guys and, and
2: have a lot of fun with them. Like, looking at them, they're not my style. Like, I, I hate painting those kind of dirty style models because I I do struggle with that. Like, that's not my, my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I've ever practiced, really, so it wouldn't be something I'd go out and do. But at but the same time. But it might be something
3: you should try to get out of your comfort, so.
2: Yeah, that's what I have in my skating. Don't worry. <laughs> I still get to do that every once in a while, but it's not, my, it's not my best work. Like, my scapegoat would never go into a contest or whatever, right? Like, it's just maybe as an exercise, but there's... You would have to paint can. a lot fewer Plague Marines. <laughs> no, you know, not, well, not necessarily with the Plague Zombies. I bet you they're pretty cheap. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I can't remember the points cost on them, but they are definitely cheap and numerous. Because I think also, like, when they kill a model in combat, they, like, add one model to the unit kind of stuff. Oh, so they're real shitty. Yeah, they're shitty. Like, they're not going <laughs> to kill anything ever, but if you get lucky, they well, start adding to the unit
0: and replacing We'll talk it. about that in two periods. Fair enough.
2: Okay. So, we've talked about the, the Plague Marines. It sounds like we're kind of not quite there as a group to sort of make a decision on them yet. Well, you can look at the photos and models are fucking great, right? Like, it's... Yeah.
3: The character models especially look really fun to work on. Like Don't get me wrong. It'll be fun. It's just that these guys were easier to put together. <laughs> and, <laughs> And the Primaris yeah.
0: is the new sexy, right? Like no. it's, it, it's the difference between, like, nice-looking Nurgle models, which appeals to Nurgle players, and fucking gorgeous Space well, that, Marines. That
2: segues great into what I was going to say, is these guys are what Marines should be in the day-age. They're the right scale, they're the right uh, aesthetic. Like, they still look like Space Marines, but they look modern. I think this is what they should have done for Marines two, three, four, five
0: years ago, frankly. I'm honestly happy they waited. Like I think this is. It feels if we're gonna if we're trying to rate this release, yeah. Overall, which I think is kind of where we're going at with this.
2: Yeah. I didn't want to rate just the marine the plague greens on their own.
0: Yeah, but like I think if we want to look at this overall, this is the most complete feeling and least thrown together forty k launch we've seen ever. I would go with that. Like I mean, even. I, Fact that third? there's now there's now
2: smaller like mini starter sets that have fewer models and some like some yeah of the, some of the second wave models that are coming yeah. out for the um, death guard and the and the space marines the Primaris marines they're getting repackaged into even cheaper starter sets we have three
0: starter sets for this game now yeah I was one gonna that's gonna cost like third fifty ed? bucks one that's gonna be like hundred bucks but even the third ed stuff was still those marines weren't new because the box came out right before the third ed launched didn't it the Uh, multi-part
2: marines were brand new in the starter set that was the first time Oh, that was the first okay and you also saw a brand new army released at the exact same time with dark Eldar, right like that was a big launch um and i mean complete rules rework even more so than i think now um like it's a complete rules rework but I i think second to third was even more dramatic i think it's just easier to get into the game now with the multiple starter sets and that's the big uh piece that feels different is there weren't three starter sets back then uh, and the models weren't nearly as cool yeah and the simple fact that some of these newer starter sets because they're still such a good deal like even if you got the dark Imperium box yeah you can get one of these subsequent ones and just add it to your existing force you get the reaver marines you get the yeah. three different plague marines you get like six more plague walkers like well, you get all kinds of stuff the thing that i love about this is you buy like it used to be you each buy a starter set and then you trade with a, a buddy of yours right um, for the rule book and then the other half yeah. I really like this because you don't just duplicate what you already have like you, you buy that extra additional starter set or whatever um, and maybe that's like well, your, your first purchase is a smaller one it's not as big of an initial investment your second purchase is the, the bigger one and then you trade with your friends and there's really no duplicates you've still got the rule books you got the cool terrain like, <clears throat> I think this makes a lot of sense Right, because people don't want to buy two of the same necessarily. Like that's not a super exciting way to get into the hobby, especially if it's hundred ninety nine dollars each or whatever. Yeah. depending on where you're getting it from. Yeah, buying yeah. two of that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so back to the Primaris stuff. I I think these guys, I mean, like I said, they, they're what Marines should be. I am still not sold on the fact that they're not multi pose. That's my my biggest takeaway. And you guys kind of touched on that with with the uh, Plague Marine stuff.
3: Yep. No, I understand. You just you want the kit that is pose is what you're getting at, right? Yeah, totally I can, get it. I can definitely see the um, Primaris Marines getting that multi-part
2: kit down the road. I don't know if the Plague Marines, even if they get another box, yeah, just because know. of the amount of detail on the tentacles and the mutations and all or stuff. Or they won't
3: be as nice, to be honest. Yeah, it's those st- those style okay. of models I don't know if you yeah. can do if as you ever anyway. look at the AOS starting set yeah. the blood reavers that are in there in the box in the starter are actually nicer and more detailed than the multi-part multi-pose version of that same box that came out interesting in well cuz you you
0: have more liberty to do part. cooler poses and cooler sculpts when you're not having to accommodate for, for, like, multiple arm variants and leg variants and head variants to go with that torso. Well,
2: I was going to say, with the Plague Marines, it makes sense because they are organic. Like, organic shapes can't be posed, really. Like, they just kind of grow into that conformation or whatever, right? But the the Primaris Marines, I don't think there's any reason why they can't be. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they could definitely that. do, like, they could do, like, the separate waists or having, like, the fully separate articulated arms so you yeah. can swap out for... Again, I hope that they do another weapon variant at some point, other than just bolters or the plasma gun squad. Bolt rifle. Bolt rifle. That's, that's true. actually an important distinction. That's true. Big stats yeah. difference. It makes a, it makes a difference. But yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. I like. I'm sure at some point they'll do a heavy weapon variant or a more wow. dedicated close combat mm-hmm. variant. Because even those reavers, like, they got combat blades and pistols. Like, they're not like giant rampaging veterans or anything with power swords and storm shields like so i i totally love these models and think they're absolutely amazing but why didn't they do uh shoulder pads being a separate piece with how many different shoulder pad kits that they sell in forge world sells that's i and think you, and dw sells the pads now yeah. some of the yeah you can buy some of the upgrade packs but I, I know that the multi-part ones will have that, but it's it's like the same deal with the Death Watch Overkill box where you had, like, the Marines built a specific variant. There was no optional parts there, and then eventually they came out with a generic Death Watch box that has fully multi-part, bunch of different shoulder pads and details and helmets and stuff like that to customize. Mm. But it took a couple months. And yep. I'm sure these ones will be done the same way, and it was just to keep a more limited amount of sprues in the box to keep the cost down. Yep. Because like they already put an obscene amount of stuff into that box for the price point, If they had to start adding some additional sprues. It would have just snowballed even further. So, think think it was the only way to keep the cost reasonably in check.
3: Yeah, no, I understand it. I'm not upset about it. It <laughs> means I. Spend I just a lot means it is clippers. it is a little more complicated because yep. everything this goes here. There are no options. So. It's hard to clip everything out and then kind of go ad hack yeah. at
2: that. And then you either have to go one model at a time or be super organized like Ward did and clip all the bits into like a separate baggie for each variant, so there's no way to mix them up. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's complicated. It's it's a bit of a compromise for sure. But yeah, in, at the end of reason, the day, it's
3: like 15 models. Yeah, so. no, I know, but it, it, that's also because of the way they're built. There's a lot of I don't know if everybody does this, but there's a lot of sub so. Sub assembly painting that has to be done before I actually put them together, otherwise there's big there's under the arm here there's where the sword crosses over here there's where the bolter's covering over here, and the backpack does this and the- it's like wow okay, I gotta have like six parts before painted before this model can actually be. Assemble to the point where I'm happy that yeah the way painted. but
0: that oh to be fair that does depend on your painting style though
3: Yeah, that is but I mean it's still you should have some sort of a little bit of assembly for that and space marines used to be really easy where it's just oh leave the bolter off so that you yeah. have access to paint Yeah, it yeah that's right but but Usually, usually like, you just that that was the one step but now but it's, it's like it's one
2: full arm and the gun and like half the other arm is like yeah. one piece They're like the yeah. devastators of the old marines So could you cl- uh, just like super carefully trim the gun no off no and like no. cut off the no. wrist?
1: hey let me let me think about that no you
2: that can't would, do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would not be
1: making things fucking easier. impossible when i'm uh, the first one that i assembled i was gung-ho and i just assembled it really really quick and painting it now i'm just like i can't get behind like mike is saying so i'm actually going to leave the one arm that's attached to the gun uh off paint that separately yeah. and then have the little stubby arm pointing out uh, ending at the wrist and wrist and paint that yeah, okay, as, much so, as, as
2: much as possible I'm going to be trying to do that the, as well but so actually I think for me I might be able to get yeah. away with it because yeah. once I cut off the goddamn um, shoulder pads
1: oh God, it's I so can just
2: not glue on the new ones until after I paint everything it's so like it the least somewhat looks,
1: access thing. It still looks I so bad. I had to pay, I had to put my shoulder pad on, so. So, what I'm, what I'm trying to say here though is if you cut him at the wrist, like if you get an exacto knife, the wrist is usually separate on the one side, yeah. and then the one arm with the bolter fits into his shoulder socket usually.
2: Glue it and cut the other cut the other wrist. Not worth it. You think so? I Not think it is. Not worth
0: it.
3: I'd rather do it in sub please. than cut And, and
2: I'd it. rather have natural
0: shadows on my models. <laughs>
2: That's one of the rare moments where, like, doing a mostly black armor color scheme comes in really fucking handy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yellow? Touché.
2: You can't do natural shadows on yellow, just doesn't look right. Because <laughs> it, it starts to end up looking green, right yeah, here, for, or, or just white, or whatever your are For, like, so. White it's Scars, good. or Imperial Fists, or any of those, or fucking Howling Griffins, or any of those kind of armies, you're probably going to want to do some, point, some level of sub-assemblies. It's going to be a pain in the ass, but... That's like one of the few limiting things about these models is yeah, getting at the chests past those gigantic bolt rifles is tricky.
1: Yeah, right now, like for painting, I'm painting it in three different sub-assemblies. I'm I'm doing the main body with the bolter on, which that'll change for the next uh future on ones. Yeah, most poses I'll have to to change it off. Uh the head is separate, and the backpack, backpack is separate. And then painting those and then actually Ooh, didn't altogether. I actually didn't find that the backpack
2: off was going to make a big difference on the first couple models I built like I just glued them on like black black color
1: scheme yeah
3: but to be fair the style I'm doing specifically I'm letting the silver do all my shading and shadows for me yeah okay so I need to get an even coat all over the place, and then some added shadow and shading that I do I'm myself. Sorry. If I don't do that, then it just looks black on.
2: A yeah, card. when you're when you're doing the majority of your work via airbrush, having sub assemblies is really helpful. Just because painting a regular brush around a bit of a corner is not that big a deal. Painting an airbrush around a corner not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I just want to say this right now. Why would you ever paint a regular marine again? Yeah. These models are so not even close to well, the, the scale. Well, the other quality. thing that's
2: important to know too is they're
0: actually true scale. Yeah, like no, they. We're just do look at this. This like the regular marine looks comical.
2: Okay, but also the regular marine that does look comical. Look at its shoulder pads. Its shoulder pads aren't that much smaller. They're the, the exact same size.
0: Yeah, but that's all I'm saying, right? Like yeah. you, you look at these models, and I'm just like, hot damn.
2: They're true scale. They, they this, are movie marines. They're this, what this people have been building good. for ages. The Primaris
1: marines are Ethan Hawke in Gattaca when he went through the surgery to get, like, shin splits. I have not seen that movie. That's an <laughs> obscure
2: reference, but I got it. I no, like right, that movie. It's a good you. movie. Thank you. Good movie. Actually, if you haven't seen that movie, you should watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Complete tangent. But, like, it's it's almost at a point where I'm looking at these uh, Primaris marines and I'm like, you know what? I
1: could try painting those. Once the Primaris marines... I Marine, can't wait to paint them. If the Primaris marines get their own codex uh, as, like, a standalone book... I'm sure you'll see well any any they new said they in, will any new individual to the hobby will just collect Primaris Marines is my assumption. They won't pick up any of the old Yeah, stars. I can
2: see people doing Horus Heresy legions with the plastic Mark 3 and 4 or doing Primaris Marines and not a lot else because those models are just yeah. they are like I was going to say head and shoulders better, but also head and shoulders larger. <laughs> well, I have I have no doubt that they started the base size so that they could slowly transition to these this size marine like this is this is clearly something they've wanted to do for a while because marines should be taller than a catechin should be t- taller than a cadian right like you
3: know what I should have done I should have got the uh, my uh, death core Cree. because those are actually true size
2: yeah they're slightly
3: smaller humans right because they're yeah. even smaller than the catechins and the cadians and everything else I bet you this size compares someone because they're smaller than normal marines yeah. So put it beside a Primus, I bet it's just a
0: dwarf. Yeah, any of the Forge World uh, guard armies. Yeah, the Elysians yeah. and stuff like that. Well,
3: that's what I'm,
2: I'm looking forward to is is GW moving more towards a, like a little bit more of a true scale, less cartoony, more hard sci-fi aesthetic. I think that's a good thing for the for what they're trying to do because they, they've really put a lot of effort into the rule set, clearly, but they still have, are a model company. Like, they still purport to make the best model kits out there right like their Marines should be their flagship kit and it should represent their fluff and it should you know do all that sort of stuff and I think these ones do like yeah, you I compare them to the the uh, what I would consider a year ago the incredible Mark IV Marines that came out with uh, not Calth what's the second one Prospero uh, I mean, Mark 3's yeah. yeah sorry Mark 4 came out with Calth that's right yeah those would would have been like the flagship marine kits, the, they, they got nothing. I'm looking at my, my Imperial Fist Sergeant here.
0: Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> kind of not good. If you want to use the great comparison um, that Games Workshop likes to have between them and, and Apple, this reminds me a lot of a 1990s iMac. A normal Space Marine. A normal Space Marine, whereas this really reminds me of a current MacBook Pro. The Primaris Marines.
2: Yeah, it's just it's. Like, the a, I, d- I don't like that comparison because it involves really shitty um, AMD video cards. That's true. The new MacBook Pros do not ha- do not actually have that great a performance. But no, no, I'm not but talking Mike.
0: about performance. I'm just talking about like the current Mac aesthetic is very refined and clean and proportional versus those garish plastics. Oh yeah, through. okay. With the CRTs, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, you know the ones that were in all of our junior highs. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Except for mics.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow Mike that I feel bad funny. for you it sounds like you've had a week uh, um, no but thing. yeah uh, looking at Mike's uh, ultramarine squad here uh, yeah I don't know how you would I, I want to put a squad of these guys into my Imperial Fists uh, army so that I can actually play them because <coughs> the formation the Skyhammer formation doesn't exist anymore uh, they're going to be they're going to steal the show like it's it's mm-hmm. even though that's i put so much effort into those marines it's just paint job isn't going to do it you know these these models are just that much better yeah and um, the second they come out with primaris marines with gravity bullets it's all over i don't know about that grav cannons aren't insane anymore
0: true okay grav cannons are normal <laughs> let's wrap this one up we've uh, rambled a fair bit here we didn't even one.
2: get a chance to talk about the intercessors or anything else
0: yeah. it's all the same shit yeah. with potentially worse
3: bits. I mean, they're really, really nice the models. They're beautiful oh, models. Not, yeah. If you were hovering and you just weren't sure if they looked that good, they really are that good. Nice.
0: So I think if you're talking about the quality of this release, I have a hard time not giving it a 5. I understand that you don't have the fully poseable options, but at the same time, contextually here, this is a starter set. Oh, yeah. Comparing the quality of these models and the variety of these models, because even though there's a lot of monopose figs, it was like they're all really great. Um, I, I, I totally
2: am going to go with you and give it a five, even though they're not multipose As far as the value that you get from the starter set, which is a huge amount of models for the money,
0: um, full size rule book again. The full size rule book.
2: Yeah, not uh, a cheap
3: little mini one. Which is
0: two. fucking weird, because this is the first time where the rules are like eight pages of the book and they decide to give you the whole massive rulebook. Yeah, is a little bit funny, but no, it's but a that's, nice that's touch. But that's a
2: throwback to like third. Third had the full third had the because full they rulebook. yep, they and realized that they want you to be invested in the universe, right? Like yep. the fluff in the third
1: ed rulebook was awesome. Yeah. And there's a lot of artwork from third ed in this rulebook. Yeah, yeah. And they've also
2: they've also pushed the storyline so like this is a good chance for the people who didn't pick up all those separate expansions. Yeah, to like get caught up on the storyline and like what the new state of the universe is because it is very different. Yeah, totally. It's a lot dark. It's a lot more grimdark. If that surprise mm. is possible, <laughs> like I'm not really sure how they managed to do that, but it's worse. <laughs> I'm uh,
3: I'm gonna give it a five two, and boy did that hurt. <laughs> because I'm like Tom, I w- I was done. But did it hurt, or did you enjoy, painting, now this oh, enjoy painting it?
2: But well, well, you're back. I enjoyed painting it. Fucking back. I was Just gonna that, say, damn it! You clearly enjoyed painting this because yep. you've already got them all done, or not all done. The five of them, I should say. I got
3: a squad done. Yeah,
2: that's uh, more than any of the
1: rest of us. So that's pretty, pretty good. How about you, Ward? I got one almost done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm giving it a hard five.
2: Yeah, a hard five. Nice. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's it's a five for me. They really banged out some great looking models. You get huge value well, considering we all just gave forty k starter set release a five. Cons- have we ever had a like no, a? We no, reviewed
1: seventh and we did not all give it a five. No, no,
0: no, no. Have we ever had I think a five th- consensus on anything before?
1: A yes, cool five. I think once. Yes, but not once. on anything. Forty k. I couldn't tell you. It was. I can't remember what it was. Have right was- been Silver Tower.
2: Or, or It might have been, yeah, it might have been The Silver truck. Tower might have had like one person gave it a four And someone else gave it a six or something Like that to balance oh, that Oh, we did have that happen once <laughs> Yeah so I was like, that is bullshit I remember
3: I gave it But twice. I
1: mean, considering that four what, out of the five of us Were their day of the release Picking up our starter sets And Mike, Get this, this, this is a shocker the, the
3: guy that wasn't there was Steve Was Steve <laughs>
1: Yeah
3: <laughs> Although in fairness No, no, no No, 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 no fairness no, I'm just going to say no, it right now.
2: I had a copy of the rules quite a bit earlier.
0: Doesn't matter, man. The rest of us <laughs> Google were... Google
2: Drive doesn't <laughs> count.
0: The rest of us were at a game store on 40K launch. Two of us were playing a game.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. This
0: is absurd.
1: My that's wife fair. was there at 40K launch. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit. <sighs> like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's
3: because Ward couldn't wait her.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that.
2: So who's who's played games? Yo. Yo. And how many have we played? Just
0: one. one? Just one. one. Okay, I've not. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to more. Uh, to be honest with you, I have played three games. Who has Friday off? I do not have Friday
2: off, but I do. I, I don't have Friday evening. That's good. Otherwise, we could have done something. Uh, but I have played three games against three different armies, and they've all been fun.
0: Fair enough. Okay, let's move on. Um, so we have the rectangle, rectangle table. Uh, we had some questions, and we can do a follow up on one. We're going to be talking a lot about 40k today, so. This is, uh, the,
2: this is the break in the middle.
0: This is a little break in the middle uh and it should a be a palette cleanser. Yeah, that's a palette <laughs> cleanser. <laughs> so we oh,
1: sh- a chance for you to get a sip.
0: Oh. Yeah. And, uh, of of water. Uh, your wobbly pop. Um yeah, so uh Andy Talltree and Stedford uh was at was asking uh for tips on watering his paints. Um and just basically the idea being no matter what he does there's always that kind of clear line between one color and the next.
1: Andy do it, water your paints.
0: Oh, Uh, like, okay, I see what he's saying. But you know, like, how often, like, especially like to be that ring um, that kind of happens. The coffee stains. The coffee stains, absolutely. Uh, So there's, that
2: happens with washes. Um, There's lots of ways to get around that, but I think what he's also talking about, like, is when you do a highlight and you can see the different distinctions between the highlights. The banding. Uh, Yeah, banding. So going to the coffee stain side of things, the key I find for that is always to thin your washes. If you let your washes pool... The way that the meniscus will form on it, it will be thicker at the sides. There's just more uh, material that deposits at the side. That's what's going to happen. So a thinner wash is good or breaking the surface tension. Some people will add a drop of soap or some other liquid. Or flow improver or some other mediums.
0: Yeah. um, For me, it's either, depending on what I'm using, like inks or washes or or other products, um, I really like the clear soft soap. Yeah. Um, Works really wonders for inks. Uh, for other things, even just like a glaze medium uh, from Vallejo works really well. Uh, uh,
2: what I use
0: is
2: this. What the hell is it? Uh, drying retarder. Yeah. Drying retarder from Minotaur is really, really good. Um,
1: and that'll and break the surface tension for you? Breaks the I surface believe, tension
2: and doesn't foam up. Yeah, I believe. Oh, yeah, having like an anti detergent kind of a yeah. thing so when you're shaking yeah. it, it's not getting sudsy. That's important. But uh, there's also some, I think Vallejo makes a flow improvement.
3: Floyd. Yep. Floyd, yeah.
2: Yeah, and yeah, as absolutely. well
3: as, like, your... Um, but like, you can get Flow Aid in. everywhere, though. Yeah, you can
2: get, like, your actual, like, artist's, like, four-ounce jug of it and it's last eternity. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get those additives, no problem. And, yeah, Flow, flow Improver, Flow Aid, those d- dry... As a side note, Flow
3: Aid should be 10 to 1. It doesn't. Yeah. Know, people yeah, don't. So we'll, a lot of people don't know that it should be. Yeah, a lot to of people water and
0: when yeah. you've got your water no, ready right. um, in the cup, a drop of flow in that water is often all you really need. This stuff
2: literally comes with an eyedropper. Uh, the yep. Minotair, uh that's handy. Drying yep. retarder, so it's literally just one drop um, to what you're doing yep. at most, um, and it works. It works fantastic for inks, which is kind of cool. But you have to be aware that. Um, the drying retarder will actually—you can—it can look dry, but it is still not dry. It's got a bit of an oil to it until it's completely flashed off. So if you are working with your wash later and you think you're going to paint over it, sometimes you can take that wash away with it. This stuff is like really slows down your drying. Whereas glaze mediums actually—it's it's also—it's
3: also good to use for uh, wet blending too. Mm-hmm.
2: For yep. Sure, so yeah, that's a sort of good segue into which
3: doing. is which will also help with your banding, yeah. Is the slow, uh, the slow retardant because if you're close but not quite, if you're going to see that band. The uh, this the the, the uh, drying retardant will actually let you when you do your little strike down there, it'll blend the seam together, which will make yeah. it harder to see. And when you're doing those highlights and you get that band, you can see the transition. One of the things that I'll do
2: is uh, take all the paint off my brush, like if I'm painting with. Uh, pigment in the brush and there's actual water in the brush and it, there's you can see the weight of the, the paint there if you take that away and then you drag your brush along the edge of the paint it will naturally feather it in so that's that's kind of hard to explain over uh, without a visual demonstration but the idea is basically you smear the edge of the paint yep. but while still leaving,
0: leaving some pigment in your brush so that, that can help with your, your banding as well the other thing too that I find um, is often when you're when you're going about painting you've got that start at the bottom, work your way to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find playing with midtones, not just as like start with midtone, then shade, then highlight, but even going back afterwards of doing thin down glazes of your mid-tone. Um, so this is just gonna be like watering oh, to water, tie in to, the colors. To tie the colors in. Yeah. So this is gonna be just heavily watering down whatever you're kind of in between color was yeah and super 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 thin um so there's almost none on your brush when you're getting this on there so you can really control that layer instead of it pooling all weird um will help smooth things out so you can actually
2: yeah it pulls everything to the mid tone uh it dulls out your highs and and brightens up your lows and it makes everything look smoother
0: well but you can even leave your highlights leave your shades but just in the mid area in between
2: yeah which is what i'm saying exactly like in the mid area where you've got those the highs and the lows. That will bring them closer together, and if you leave your absolute extreme low light and extreme highlight al- alone, it'll it'll smooth things out quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you can go back afterwards and do some stuff. You can have the oh the other thing too. Just while we're talking about water, like make sure you're not using metallics with the same water as everything else, unless you want sparkly everything. Yeah, and replace your water frequently. Yeah. Because dirty water is going to give you dirty paints. I
1: would say most of us uh, paint with two different cups of water, one from metallics and one from non-metallics. And then, yes, swap it out. And and have your water at room temperature. Uh, You don't want warm or or hot water because that will affect your brushes. Yeah, warm water will dissolve the glue in cheap brushes, and the bristle will fall out. Yeah, so try to keep it neutral that way.
2: Uh, One of the things that Ward and I learned at... um, One of the painting clinics we did in Vegas is use uh, distilled water in a dropper bottle for your palate water, uh, because then you will never mix your metallics together. You just have a wash cup, and then you have your uh, diluent bottle effectively. Now, you can still pull in metallic pigment if you've got a ton of that in your wash and you're washing out your brush or whatever, and then you put it into white paint. You're still probably going to have some metal flake end up in there, but you can really reduce that color transfer if you have uh, your like, clean, uh, diluting water, I guess would be the right term for it. And you can put your drying retarder or flowing, flow improver or whatever into that premix bottle? Yeah. And you're we, ready to rock. Yeah, because we put the isopropyl alcohol in there. Yeah, so that's, that's another thing. We uh, now do isopropyl alcohol at 10%, uh, distilled water at 90%, and then I do a drop of flow improver into that or drying retarder, I should say. So that way it's, like, super dilute. I don't have to worry about, like, over-saturating um, my paints with uh, some of the... Like, one drop sometimes for what I'm doing on a palette is way too much. So having that in the water kind of helps. That's
1: yeah. That's good. Hopefully it doesn't overload. Where uh, Where do you guys normally get your flow improvers and such?
0: Uh, honestly, I'd say about 90% of the stuff I buy these days is either going to be coming from Hobby Wholesale or Delta Art Supply. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, I... For the most part, I just have the um, Vallejo mediums and additives. Sometimes they do have the slightly larger bottles. But um, basically, any I go to Michael's to buy anything, they no longer carry that brand anymore. So, like, some of my basing materials and some of my other yeah. additives, they stopped carrying, so, like, fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've just been sticking to Vallejo for the most part for a lot of my mediums and additives. And they have
0: all that stuff at uh, Delta. Yeah.
2: So, find it. I buy one of these every year when I'm in Vegas. At the Minotaur booth. That's, this stuff lasts so long.
3: You know, I bet your Mission actually carries it because they carry the whole Minotaur line. probably
2: does, but like, you buy one of these <laughs> things and it will last you a long time because it's mission one mix? drop.
3: Yeah. Mission carries that? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. where I got my extra plasma fluid for my uh, that actuaries. makes
1: That makes sense. You, you do need somewhere that you can buy all your ghost hits and such.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, but you honestly need one of these. Anything with an eyedropper it will last you years. Yeah. Right? So... It's not, a, it's not a consumable like your regular paints.
0: Gotcha. Not really. Okay, so there's our little palette cleanse. 40K rules. Wow. They don't suck. Yeah, they're pretty good.
2: They're pretty good. And we were kind of talking about this outside earlier that the uh, 7th ed, the rule set didn't suck. The rule set, the core rule book, wasn't awful. Because it hadn't changed that dramatically since fourth. Like, it was iterative, little stuff. Even fourth was really close to third, with the exception of, like, the assault phase and some other, like, vehicle rules and stuff. Yeah. But it's... Yeah, there were so many layers, so many additions, so many supplements. There were so many... The rule set was so complex with the interaction of special rules. And there were so damn many of them that there were all kinds of unexpected... Bizarre conflicts and things like that. The FAQs were getting out of control,
0: and I can't remember who. What, like I was reading a blog from somebody, and I'm really sorry for not citing my sources here. But the way he was describing it was 40k for the last four editions was never a true edition change. It was just a patch. Yeah. Every new that. edition that came out, they tried to patch a problem they thought well, was there. Totally.
2: It was. That's exactly right. Like we had three, three four Like they they even had half editions.
0: But, like, Excellent. just the procedurally, like, they yeah. never, none of the core mechanics ever changed. Yeah. And, but during that time, they introduced several different unit types and new rules and new approaches to army composition and how you're playing the game yeah. that those old mechanics could not support anymore. Yeah. Being like fortifications,
2: flyers, flying monstrous creatures, super, super heavies, gargantuan creatures. Yeah, Strength D, Apocalypse-type stuff, entering 40k proper. There were a lot of additions of yep. uh, just, yeah, new layers of special rules, and they all interact in stupid ways. But the biggest thing I, th- I think that has changed the game to be fun, because, you know, playing against an Imperial Knight army wasn't the worst thing in 40k. There was a lot of times you are like, oh, I brought an in entire Infantry Orc army. Well, shit, that sucks. But that actually wasn't the least fun thing in the game. The least fun thing was Death Stars. The idea of having one character that confers crazy rules to a unit that became nine killable and you just didn't interact with your opponent anymore. There was no way you could play a game against that person. You were fundamentally playing two different games. With the way they've changed characters, that cannot happen anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, so I think that alone is the biggest thing that cleans up the game, is the way the characters work.
0: Uh, I would also argue to wound table.
2: I think even that, I mean, isn't as bad as unkillable characters, like rerollable two plus saves with four up feel no pain. Uh, Like just not being able to interact with your opponent sucks. That's what takes the fun out of it. Like when I played, I played my wraith guard unkillable
0: death star in seventh against you. I think it was. That is super unfun. Well, the one that really sucked was, I think it was actually 6th, where you had the Dark Eldar character and the Eldar character in the front of a unit. Yeah. That's just like, I guess I'm just not going to touch him now. Yeah, and that was the first edition where you could do that sort of
2: crazy character special rule chaining. And what I like about the the new edition, too, with characters, is if you do put your characters in the front of the unit,
1: they 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 die.
2: Like if your character is going to lead from the front, they'll take fire. If they want to hide, they got to be behind their frontline troops. Like the idea of lookout, sir, is actually how it works now. Like if you want somebody to take a bullet for your characters, they legitimately have to be in front. They can't just be like within six inches or whatever. Yeah. So just yeah.
0: to clarify for anyone that um, is maybe uh, fresh to hearing about new 40k, you characters can never join units anymore. Yeah. Um, the way they've worked around this so they don't always just die is that as long as they are not the closest model and within six inches or three inches of a friendly unit, um, they, can be they cannot be targeted.
2: I'm not, I'm not sure about the range.
0: It's the either three or, new, or six. Yeah. But uh, the trick is that you... It's any
2: character model under ten wounds. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't have monsters that are, you know...
0: So a bloodthirster is still going to like shot. Yeah. Just be okay with that.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that being said, he should be able to be shot. Like the idea of the Tyranids with bring down the big ones, like the synapse creature style, kill yeah. them first, that still is functional, right? Like, that still is, is a thing if you have a... I think a Hive Tyrant, though, is less than 10 wounds, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, 8 or 9. But that actually makes sense because they can have Hive Guard, right? Like, they can have... Yeah. Or mm-hmm. one uh, Tyrant Guard. Like, that's always been a thing they can do. Now you just take the unit of Tyrant Guard, put your Hive Tyrant near them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess the other changes, like I was talking about...
1: There's no range. Oh, there's no the range? Unit. They just have to be not the closest target. Beautiful. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So... That's what I thought, but I hadn't played the game, so
2: I
3: didn't want to chime in.
0: <laughs> Mike never took a swing at my war boss anyways. Um,
3: oh! He was fired. in the back. He was behind the 30 boys. Yeah. Sounds like you were playing play, Skaven. Play, yeah, I was say. Oh, <laughs> He heard. got into
0: combat. He fucking took down a raider. That's a raider? Anyways, That's it? There's a raider? There wasn't a lot left. Anyways. Oh, so, Mike. Um, no, but I think for me... <laughs> wow. um, it's been a
3: rough week. Wow. Yeah.
0: I, I, we've talked a lot about things we wanted to see from 40K over the last couple years on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and it feels to me like everything I wanted 40K to have, it got. Well, I Vehicles was, and, and dreadnoughts and stuff have wounds now. And we
2: legitimately said that they, we felt like they might have been listening to this podcast. No, that being said, we do reiterate a lot of other 40K... Podcasts thoughts, like there's a lot of consensus in the community about how to fix certain things but I think every piece we've advocated for, like fixing how characters work, fixing how vehicles work mm-hmm. uh, around... Fixing
0: allies, allies Fixing formations Yeah, all
2: kind of happened
0: Yeah, and but when I talk about a fundamental change the to wound table Is one of the things that dramatically changed from previous editions. So it used to be if you're even stat line, it's a four plus. If your stat's higher than their stat by one, it's a a three. If your stat's higher by theirs um, by two, it's a a two plus. Old style.
2: Oh, uh, old style, yeah. Right?
0: Uh, And then going the other way, it was similar except to hit on sixes, it had to be like double plus one. Maybe Maybe I'm thinking of old school fantasy. That's skilled weapons. That's weapon skill. Old weapon skill, right. Yeah, so it's just straight up. And then it eventually caps out where. It, things are unkillable.
2: Yeah, you old school. So if, like, if you were if you, strength three on tough seven, you couldn't do a wound. Before. Yeah, you yeah. Could, four on tough seven could previous was, previous number of additions, You could wound three higher toughness than your strength, and that was it. Yeah, because it went four, five, six, six. You got that extra chance on the seven. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, which they don't have tables. I was going to say it's a wound chart. It's not a table. No, there was a lot of tables in 40k and fantasy. There's not a single one anymore. They got rid of all those matrices where you cross-reference things. And templates.
0: And templates. Yeah, so anyways, now, if it's even, it's a 4+. plus. If yours is higher, it's a 3+. plus. If yours is lower, it's a 5+. And it only on a double does it go to a, a 2 or a 6. Yeah. So... So strength 4 still needs a 6 to deal with tough 8.
2: Uh, Which is fair. Because yeah, it couldn't touch it, it, couldn't it, it, couldn't touch it before. before. Um, so they've reduced the variation in the wound yeah. uh, range quite Which, a bit
0: honestly the nice thing here is that yeah vehicles got a lot of wounds Yeah, they got a ton of wounds but their toughness values aren't as high as you one would think a lot of them are in that 6, 7, 8 range
2: yeah, well, they reduce the variation in the wound chart and then increase the variation on the save modifier, which is another thing we talked about for ages, is the AP system of all or nothing yeah. really doesn't reward taking a variety of, of weapons. like AP 4 and AP 3 weapons, if they are expensive, were a huge gamble before, because most of the time they'd get their save on their Like, plans. cool, you kill Eldar Aspect Warriors. Well, the and honestly, it's that orders.
0: medium arms fire, right? Yeah. Where the, a lot of things in 40k, if you went to the medium arms, you'd have more shots, but you'd be a lower strength, and you wouldn't have yep. the same AP.
2: Yeah, like heavy so, bolters were terrible for like three, yeah. Or four why editions. would you ever take a heavy bolter ever? Whereas now, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, they're actually minus pretty soft. two armor piercing, aren't they? One or two, they're they're yeah in that range. Like but they're they're the good. idea of hitting a marine squad and making them take armor saves on a four up or a five up. For multiple shots is actually pretty scary like that's that's good at dealing with heavy infantry
0: it's uh ap minus one just minus one three still. shots of strength five still. but it's yeah three shots of strength five like and considering
2: how many vehicle mounted heavy bolters were twin linked which now they just get double shots instead of re-rolling misses yeah and the other thing that's important to know too is being strength five means you wound everything on like everything that's a higher toughness than you until you hit toughness 10
0: on a five which is rare as fuck by the way
2: yeah yeah, like your Wraith Lords and Wraith Knights are still tough eight. So if you're wounding something, you're basically always wounding on a five with a Heavy Bolter. Um,
0: yeah, so and it, the Heavy Bolter is honestly against a lot of those medium level things where it used to be like an auto choice to get an cannon.
2: Yeah, because you'd wound on a two.
0: Or now a four, the auto cannon right? Yeah. Or like the autocannon could wound a Wraith Lord on a five, but the Heavy Bolter could do it. had to do it on a six. Now the Heavy Bolter's got three shots and also wounding on a five.
2: Yeah, the autocannon has less shots, but has a higher uh, save modifier, if I'm not mistaken. I think it might be minus two, and it might actually be two damage as well on the autocannon. Yeah, the autocannon's good. Like, don't get me wrong.
1: The, uh, other, the other plus with that. But heavy. there's a no reason to take uh, heavy bolters. The other bonus with the heavy bolter, too, is if you have, like, a captain or a lieutenant that's within six inches of the unit, uh, you get reroll all ones. If you're, you're talking about Marines.
0: Fun fact. Yes. AP minus one on autocannon.
1: Hmm. Minus one, but two damage?
0: Uh, Two damage, yes. Yeah, so there's your... So you trade off for... So there's two shots at Strength 7 that can do two damage instead of three shots at Strength 5. And it's going to cost more points.
2: Yeah. And it has higher range and all that sort of stuff. But that's kind of the point, is the auto cannon is the light vehicle killer, whereas the uh, heavy bolter is the infantry destroyer. Like, that's kind of the idea. Uh, and if you hit, you know, Eldar, they're making their saves on a 6-up now. Like, the 5-up is... You've literally cut those light troops, save opportunities in half. Like, that's a big deal. Um... Yeah, so I, I think they they've really fixed a lot of that around the variation of the weapons to make them actually worth taking. It just allows for me it allows a lot more fine tuning of the weapons because it's not all or nothing, like really extreme yeah. swings. They just have that granularity to finely tune the weapons finally. Like simply adding the damage characteristics for like yeah. oh, it's a like super heavy anti-tank weapon, d6 damage or it's a really reliable anti-infantry thing, like two damage every time. Yeah. Like, it is. it added that level of detail to really specialized weapons. Well, the thing that... And, like, I don't know, it just gives them so much more flexibility in writing rules. The thing that got me is when I was playing a game with Ward, and I brought my... Uh, so my grab cannons, all my devs have grab cannons, because in 7th, what other weapons were there? They were there? amazing. Yeah, so I shouldn't say all of them, actually... Four of them have missiles, and I think the missiles might be better than the grab cannons now, but that's a different talk, uh, conversation. <laughs> um, the grab cannons are strength five, minus three to your save, uh, four shots. There's no re-roll to wounds. They're not The grab amps don't get you extra re-rolls or anything like that. They just get you more shots. But they do D3 damage if your armor save is a three or better, which is really interesting because playing Dark Eldar, all my vehicles have four up armor save with a five up in ball. So, because they're super light vehicles, grav cannons do one damage to them. Which is really interesting, because before, it wouldn't have been the damage necessarily to the Raider that's scary, it's the fact that it's immediately immobilized. Like, that sort of... The all-or-nothing system didn't lend it to have a lot of flavor for, for anti-grav grav skimmers, cannon. being able to reflect gravity bullets makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, just, it has a lot more interactive... Uh, like, if that had been a Rhino... It would have been terrifying, because the rhino would have been immobilized, except mobilized doesn't exist, mobilized would just destroy it kind of idea, right? Like, it would have done a ton of damage, all those doing D3.
0: Well, and I think, really, the, what we're dancing around here is this idea that the rules are more nuanced in what they can accommodate in the rule set now. Without having to
2: add special rules.
0: Without having to add special rules, but it also facilitates roles for all of your different things in your army. Yeah. So it's no longer... You take a bunch of spammed little shitty dudes to get objectives, and then your biggest, baddest stuff to kill things. You actually have a role for, like, your raiders being badass against a conventionally anti-armor gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Dark like, lenses have a point. Dark lines is a point. The fact that they can do D six damage really gives them a use. Or, or just the fact that your, the grav gun is no longer an auto include because it's not fucking up your raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I mean, right? Like, just yeah, yeah. because of these nuances that are now in the rules, um, dreadnoughts good again. Yeah, dreadnoughts are. Really How good. long have we been fucking asking for that one? Yeah, dreadnoughts
2: are insanely good. Like you can you can you can still uh, deal with a dreadnought relatively quickly. But there's no possible way to one-shot a dread really anymore, because D6 damage is really the max as far as I can yeah. see so far outside of some pretty crazy. And they often have seven,
0: stuff. Wounds, right? they
2: have seven wounds, right? Okay, so. seven wounds, right? So if you hit them with a las cannon and you get lucky, they're still on their last legs, and because they have less than ten wounds, they don't degrade with uh, with uh, taking. Wounds. Which is a
0: gorgeous mechanic, by the yeah. way. So what this really means is that larger vehicles have separate. Attack values and speed, movement values, depending on how many wounds they've taken. Yeah, but and usually blisters kill too. Yeah, but most of your transports don't have that problem because they don't have that many wounds. So anything short of like your land raiders or the bigger shit, but like raiders do.
2: Raiders do, which is interesting. Raiders actually degrade. They have ten wounds and they degrade.
3: Hmm. Their speed goes down.
2: Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. Like representing them being the flimsiest of transports, really that they do degrade.
3: Huh. So
2: it makes sense that the Rhino doesn't. But yeah, yeah, you're totally right. But, like, the orc tracks don't. Yeah. Yeah, because they are tougher. Like, even though they're still armor 10, they're a little more robust than my little paper airplane.
0: Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. I, I think it's in a place right now where I threw a list together, Mike threw a list together, and it kind of felt like everything was doing things. Yep. Right? Like, barring some ridiculous moments of just witches sloughing on some dice rolls and orcs just having way too many attacks... Which that shit happens, and you know what? Had there been maybe more support going into the orcs, it would have been better. But it was still twenty orc boys, and I think at that point I killed a witch or two yeah, from shooting while they're on the way, and there's only eight witches going in. So you're making me sad, Mike.
2: I love witch. I was so excited for witches to be insanely good. They're not insanely good. They're
0: just useful. Yeah. But I. That's how I kind of feel about everything. Because yeah. those thirty orc boys, they're not insanely good. They're you know, useful. They're very useful. You can power creep them with some of the characters. Orc boys are one of the few things in the game that can get three saves um, be, if from ranged attacks. Because they have their regular save, they've got a pain boy save, and they've also got the uh, the custom force field. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. You which can give them a save right, against
0: uh, ranged attacks. Yeah. Normally, but that's there's no rerolls there. It's just three saves. And frankly, the best one of them is a five plus. So it's not like they're indestructible or yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, you no,
2: I, I have to say, it's it's so far, the games that I've played, they've all been... I think one of the things that kind of... You're talking about everything having a use. One of the things I hated in fantasy is the fact that you can always wound on a 6. I always thought that was ridiculous. But, things didn't have as many wounds in fantasy as I feel they kind of do in 40k. Like, oh yeah. th- there's more wounds here, and the wounds are... Uh, but at the same time, they're less varied, I guess. You're, you're more often wounding on fives or wounding on threes, that kind of thing. The three, four, five is super common.
0: Well, what uh, they're doing is they're increasing the numbers so they can actually have real diversity and gradients in stat lines.
2: Yeah. yeah, the stat lines can go above ten now, which is interesting. Like dreadnoughts are strength twelve if they have a dreadnought close combat weapon. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That is really good. I, I agree, and that's that's one of the things that makes dreadnoughts insane. Uh, now is the fact that they can go up to strength twelve so they can get that wounding on a two plus against still fairly tough
0: yeah Fair like, my, like my like my buggies are only going to be tough five right yeah, so dreadnoughts is squishing those fuckers and on not only too. that,
2: some of those dreadnoughts are characters and they are less than ten wounds, so you can hide dreadnoughts in in units effectively, um, like murder hmm. Fang and uh, bjorn are less than ten wounds. <laughs> Really? So, they can't be Ooh. shot unless they're the nearest character. But the Holy thing that's shit. interesting about that, though, is they've also thought about this. We realize that if you screen your dreadnoughts with a, car- a unit in front, all of those marine units have 32 mil bases. You have to be within one inch to attack in close combat. So, it becomes a lot harder to fit your character's
0: Well, really one inch, to work. One inch of a friendly. Yeah, but you. you so, cannot- if you have two rows. Of 32 mil bases. In the same unit. In the same unit. You cannot attack through them. Your if it's only one.
2: Your dreadnought
0: can't get in. Right.
2: Your dreadnought's part of that, not part of that unit.
0: Okay, yeah. So
2: you have to be very careful to maneuver them. If you want to have your guys screened, that's great. That's fine. But then you have to figure out how you're going to get them out of the way to charge. Right? So if you want to take and eat that overwatch, that's not necessarily going to be always the best plan anyways there's there's a lot of nuance that's exactly the right word to describe this rule set is is nuance the fact that they're not prescribing uh, special rules that everybody sort of uses in different combinations that the special rules are just on the unit themselves
0: even though big. technically they still kind of are yeah sure like there's a lot of um, very similar rules for how things operate, like if we're talking about scouts or commandos or that kind of stuff, they might have a different name for oh, their infiltrate, rule. sure. But yeah. it's not actually called infiltrate for commandos, it's like something else. No, but
2: all that stuff you set up nine inches away, I'm talking more like the the rerolls to hit, like preferred enemies stacking with um, uh, Zealot or whatever else, right? Like all the, the ways that you used to be able to stack the particular special rules, now they just apply to the unit and are an aura radius and it's on that en- that particular unit entry like the captain
0: right? I yeah. do have one grievance to air here I know it's not Festivus but I'm going to say this. Okay we'll have feats of strength later this chaos index does not have legion rules
2: I can tell you that's probably there's probably a reason
0: for that but like all I'm saying is 40k had legion rules for less than a year
1: yeah. I mean, there are there are specific marine rules, but not as in-depth as they no, were No, no, no. But all I'm
0: saying is marines had very specific rules for a lot longer than Chaos did. Like They I,
2: lost them, too. I know what you're saying, and I understand your grievance, and that is your grievance has been heard, and I, I agree that they had the opportunity to potentially do more around legions and chapters. So but neither of them got them, which yeah, leads me to
0: believe. We should be seeing them soon. Yeah. But I'm a little nervous... Because the last time they gave rules for legions and then took them away, it was a decade before they got them back.
1: Well, considering how recent, like, the Book of Magnus came out and such like that, I would be scared if I played Chaos to see, like, when those rules would be coming out. Marines, they're always the flavor. Yeah, Marines are going to be one of the first books. Exactly. exactly. And they're
0: going to give, like, a Nurgle codex, which is going to give you more Death Guard shit. But if you're playing World Eaters, Iron Warriors, or but Alpha Legion, or Night Lords, I or think Mike, you can probably speak to this.
3: The generics have been so doing that for Age of right. Sigmar, it's been coming out, but they 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 ran into some of the same problems that the last edition of 40k is where you were having a Codex creep. Mm-hmm. That's happened with some of it, but now the generals coming out and it's going to fix some of the th- the problems that that have. So it's going to fix the point costs and stuff. Yes, point costs and the rules of one and. Uh, Legion or special rules for races and whatnot, so... I would say wait. It's 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 still pretty new, but I think any mistakes they do now, they're going to be able to fix by a yearly yeah. update See, release. But
0: my, my concern here yeah. is not a mistake. My concern here is Chaos players getting the fucking shaft again. And I'm worried that your more undivided factions are not going to have rules for another decade.
2: I don't know if that's going to happen, just for the fact that they seem to be listening to the community and the community i I have a feeling that the numbers of chaos models sold
0: is not that high but they they, used to be like one of like they used to be this this close to marines for sales back in third ed yeah
2: yeah but they've never their aesthetic has never been i think as widely appealing marines have a very yeah offensive aesthetic Everybody kind of likes them from the
0: sci-fi standpoint. But like, how many Chaos Armies were there with the 3.5 Codex? That's
2: because it was the best
1: Codex. That's just just one more with yeah, it. Yeah, the amount that you could change and, no, it, and tweak it wasn't and that it modify. Because like you
0: weren't seeing Chaos Armies winning tournaments more like disproportionately often. Uh, I
1: don't know. I feel you like were, they were really good. It, it was the customized... It was it was
0: the customization of it. Yeah. That people yeah. could approach that and do anything they wanted.
1: But getting
2: back to my original point, I think the the reason that you'll see. Um, a Chaos Legion's book sooner than later is because the community always is insanely vocal. And I think it's disproportionately vocal about the Chaos book. Um, like, I think now there's probably as many Tau players as there are Chaos players, frankly. But
1: well, that's because... Yeah. Tau, Tau was the second most popular army for, like, the longest time. Yeah, so I look I at it, it them and Dark Eldar,
0: no one played them because they were ignored for a decade.
1: Yeah, and, and then still they just, no one plays.
2: them.
0: <clears throat> More than they used to. Uh, we have a very weird local sample size, but Dark Eldar
2: at every major tournament has always been one of the lowest represented armies. Like the only the, ones that are lower are like
0: Harlequins. And they also, to be fair, didn't have the greatest rules in the last few editions compared to a lot of the other shit you could have out there, right? Yeah, so without a doubt. There's a few factors that lead to that. Um, I'm so excited for my orcs. So like that's my only my only beef with all of this is I'm just like looking at this chaos book for the first time. And it's reinforced that I don't need to work on my chaos army. If
2: they did like, Sorry. if they did have like a Chaos Volume One and a Chaos Volume Two, like Imperium
0: and Xenos they might have been able to accommodate those extra rules. Yeah. But honestly, they demons, needed one fucking raids. page. They needed one fucking page with if your keyword because they do this now. It's perfectly yeah. built in. Yeah. If you want your keyword to be Iron Warriors, your basic Marines get this. If you want your keyword to be Word Bearers, yeah. you can do this. Like now, that being said,
2: again. Marines don't have that either.
0: No, but Marines do still have all the rules for the additional codexes that they had they for chapters. But,
2: but like, they don't. My Raven Guard have one special it. character that is the hmm? only thing it. in their entire... Sure, no, that's the, fair, the but Empire. you
0: still have Dark Angels, you still have Blood Angels, you still have Space Wolves, you still have all these but other... But
2: the only, only, the only benefits you get are for taking the characters.
0: Fine, that's it. Give me a fucking Iron Warrior character with the benefit. If that's the,
2: if that's the <laughs> benchmark... <laughs> there is Karn in there. And Karn is effectively, like, the same thing to a a World Eater. Karn Karn is not an Iron Warrior. No, but that's what I'm saying. He's the same (laughs) thing to a World Eater as Vulcan is to a Salamander. Like, that's the same thing. It's just the Iron Warriors don't have that character, and that's totally fair.
0: Nor the Alpha. And and for me, I always sound kind of uh, bitchy because it's like the Iron Warriors. Um, and let's all be honest I'm never going to play them again anyways because I want to hate fucking Space Marines but um, but Alpha <laughs> Legions Word Bears uh, all these other guys it's yeah. just it, it's once again yeah. they have an entire index for chaos and they don't talk about a legion once
2: yeah it's because the legions don't really exist. well we're, we're off on a tangent I wanted to we can have this conversation any time, I'm sure, for the next six months, and it's your points are completely valid. No, like, this is my last <laughs> time,
0: because from this moment forward, it's going to be excited about Orcs and Happy. That's fair. I just, I wanted to say it, because it just, that book just came out yeah. six months ago.
2: Yeah, they dangled the carrot and then took it away. Yeah. But that's fair. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is, now that we've all played a game, what's your favorite faction-specific rule?
1: I don't even play them, but the power from pain is pretty freaking awesome.
2: Yeah, it is pretty good. It's really insane. Um, I was going to say that, but I have another one too. You you can go into detail about power from pain. The thing that I like about it is the first turn. Before, it always used to be the first turn, it did nothing. There was was no benefit until you got into later turns. Dark Elder now, because they are just so weak, they get a 6-up save from any wound suffered after they make their saves. On oh, first turn?
1: That.
2: Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Roll a d6 each time a model with his ability suffers a wound. On a six, it ignores it.
1: That might have changed the game. <laughs> you get that all the time, but as your turns go on, you get more and more. And shit. you get it from
2: uh, you get it from mortal wounds, and you get it from regular wounds. It's just when you've taken a wound. Yeah. On turn two, you re-roll the distance for advances and charges. On turn three, you re-roll all
3: ones in the hit phase. Oh, turns, not turns, turns in combat, like turn three. Your army just all rolled Of roll the ones. game. Of the game, okay, that's different than that would have maybe made it a yeah. bit of a four. Yeah. On
2: turn four, the craziest part, units no longer take morale. Your whole army doesn't is it ignores morale.
0: No that one wouldn't have mattered, but <laughs> 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 And turn
2: five plus, every enemy unit within range of a model with power from pain subtracts one from their leadership. Like your army by turn five is pretty fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so Whatever's I've got left.
1: two. Whatever's left.
0: Yeah, I Whatever's can't. Left. I can't choose. I have two. The current iteration for mob rules are amazing because you've got like your basic mob rules. You've got it where um, if a war boss is nearby, they can just take D three wounds. If a unit of knobs is nearby, they can take D six wounds um, instead of failing the test. But the most, or the the rule that has me be most excited about playing this game is how good orc vehicles are in combat. <laughs> like the yep, fact that yep, it's a legitimate yep. strategy to run around with buggies and trucks and battle wagons. Speed freaks
2: armies are a thing. I got that.
0: Yeah, they're like be not good. even just speed freaks, which is using these vehicles as more than just transportation, mobile <laughs> yeah. gun platforms as they should. Be. They become integral parts of your army and in orcs the fact that a lot of the vehicles have you know, not amazing, but a buggy having four strength five attacks, yeah, is it's good yeah. enough to use three buggies. That's twelve strength, strength five, five attacks. attacks. Yeah, that's usable. The
2: idea of orc buggies and war bikes and whatever else just flying through an enemy army, like literally the idea of a speed freaks army just running at you as fast as they can and being completely reckless and just mowing people down, is awesome and actually fits the playstyle now. The way that they would actually work on the table.
0: It feels exciting, it feels yeah. thematic, um, and it's, it's not just about delivery of guns or boys. Yeah, vehicles do damage
2: be. in the assault phase. They aren't just delivering and shooting a couple pot shots. They do things.
0: Look, I had a Talos charge three buggies, and the buggies were doing more damage to the Talos than the Talos was doing to them.
2: Yeah, and you look at the points cost, so that actually makes sense. Talos aren't that expensive, and the buggies, I'm guessing, are probably not as cheap as they used to be. Uh, no. Yeah, they're probably around, what, the 50 to 100 points?
0: Uh, yeah, because I think they're a little over... I can double-check right now. They <laughs> Yeah, because themselves... Raiders, Raiders
2: are now 95 points, which is a uh, doubling of their cost. And they aren't nearly as good in combat, but they do allow you to uh, um, disengage from combat without any...
0: So War Buggies loss. are 44 points each, um, but their guns, depending on what they take, can be... Um, a rack of rockets, which is the, the twin-linked rockets mm-hmm. so that will be the multiple shots, is uh, 28 points.
2: Yeah, so they're sitting in that same sort of range where they doubled effectively from their old cost. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. Okay, so since you took my special rule, sure. award, yeah. I'm going to go with. The, I like this rule in the old edition, so it's still one of my favorite rules, but I think it, trans, it transitioned really well. So the death jester from the Harlequins has, uh, death is not enough. And before you used to be able to choose the direction of the unit, uh, when it fled, if they took a morale check, they would flee in whatever direction you chose. So obviously now you don't flee in directions in the new game, but if any models flee from a unit in the same turn that's been attacked by this model, you choose the first model that flees. Yes. So if you have a unit that's got special weapons or characters or whatever else that's in it, uh, or not characters, but a sergeant a yeah. power fist or whatever else, when they take, if you, if you attack them, like in close combat, and you don't hit, like you just nominate your attacks, and they suffer morale, you can choose the special weapons to go away. Huh. It's a pretty cool rule. Hmm. I quite like that.
0: Yeah that's magical and it's balanced because characters can't join units anymore so yeah. it's not like you're automatically going to be killing the like 400 point character that's in the unit yeah right it's going to be a sergeant or like a heavy weapon or a special weapon
2: yeah which I quite like anyway and it's also death is not enough which is an awesome name yeah Mike how so it sounds like you, a James Bond I haven't movie? actually
3: played enough games to get I've only played the Dark Elder and it's been taken and
2: well, then I, then I played I'll, it wrong I'll tell you <laughs> combat <laughs> drugs <laughs> what's that you need combat drugs
3: yeah
2: combat Every, drugs are awesome yeah have you... Everybody have you likes them? drugs. Huh? Have you looked at them and how they work? Yes, but I, I, but
3: I thought... Like I said, I didn't read it all the way through so I'm sure I missed stuff.
2: Okay. Well, then let me tell you because I love combat drugs now. If you have multiple units with uh, the rule combat drug, you can either roll randomly for each one or you can pick a different one for each unit up to six. Yeah. So if you have a unit of reaver jet bikes and a unit of witches, you can be like, the reaver jet bikes are getting plus one toughness, they're now tough five and the witches are getting extra attack. So you don't have to do that. But if you have multi, if you have more than six units and you want everybody to have a combat drug, you you have to roll at that point.
0: So it's if you have more than one or less than six?
2: Yeah, you basically can choose each result on the table with Once. no duplicates. Once, with no duplicates, or you roll randomly and you oh, can okay. have duplicates.
3: Well, it's the same thing with the Mechanicum, has that Canticles of yeah. or Omnisia. You can pick one every turn, but there can't be any duplicates throughout the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's per turn. This is just the beginning yeah. of the game. But pick I know.
3: what. Yeah, yeah it's the same yeah. idea. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, Witches with, like, a crazy number of attacks on turn three re-rolling is pretty fucking nuts. Correct. Damn. I don't really have one off the top of my head, because I've been gone for the last week, and I only bought the Imperium books, and I've only really glanced over the Space Marine portions. Well, come on. Then you got to pick Anne, they shall know fear. I don't know what it does. I didn't look at what? that. I was... Busy, I was looking at, like, specific units and stuff. I didn't actually look at the core army rules at all. <laughs> it allows you to re-roll morale. Cool. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know just yet, so might circle back to that in a future episode once I've actually had a chance to review my books. But, uh, yeah, so far I've built some models, barely had a chance to look at the rules. Gotcha.
1: And the Shenandoah here was pretty pivotal for Ward. It was good. It was good. Yeah, let me re-roll, and then uh, I was like, oh, and then I lose new models. Sweet. Let's keep fighting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. I can see that being a big small deal. Small
2: Marine squads basically don't lose models for morale unless they're wiped out. Nice. Doesn't really happen to them.
1: Hmm. So it's pretty cool. sweet. It's not too bad.
2: Yeah, so I think that covers sort of our, our rant on uh, 40K rules. Sounds like everybody's pretty positive about the, the whole thing.
0: All in all, I'm excited to see how it goes, um, and that's more than I can say in a long time.
2: Yeah, I yeah. We did mention so. that the codices coming out are going to be a big.
3: That'll big sway things if it's not done right. However, we're,
2: we're going to be positive. They set and, a pretty decent precedent uh, with fantasy or Age of Sigmar, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because if we get a new, if we get an update every year um, for points and little tweaks here and there, where I can spend thirty bucks on a book and have all the rules tweaked, points cost for everything in the game to can kind al- of rebalance, or at least
1: for your faction.
0: Well, no, because the general's Com- uh, handbook is everything. Yeah. So you get new points cost for everything, mm-hmm. and then anything that needed to have rules tweaks will be in there. okay. So, uh, honestly, if they do that and they listen to the community, this game will not just be great now, but continue to be great for five years.
2: And then, I'm excited to play a lot of games in the next six months. And I did sort of come up with one thing that I did like how they handled in the rules. I like how they handled the Tartarus, Indominus, and Cataphract Terminator variants, how they all have different movement speeds. Yes. Which, again, switching to that granularity in the rules, it actually makes sense. Because Indominus Terminators are like the old ones, but they move five. The um, Tartarus ones are faster, they move six. And um, the Cataphracts are slower, but the four plus in sort of a thing. So, like... Coming back to Nuance before, they were just all Terminators. Yeah. So there's there's a lot more... And it makes sense, because in the fluff, like... The Tartarus armor was more agile, but not quite the same bulk as Cataphracts. It didn't have the same you know, power generators and stuff to get the force fields up for the
0: 4-plus symbol of the Cataphract. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that granularity of the movement speeds like for a lot of the units.
0: What's nice. really interesting here is that there's only 8 pages of core rules. So it's really easy to think that this game is a simplified version of 40k. But the fact that the stat lines are so much more dynamic...
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things that you need to sort of remember, too, is the old 40k rules. The core rules weren't crazy. Like, they were I'd say 20 pages. It was all the special rules that (laughs) took up. Like, that special rules section on unit types and special rules was probably 30 pages alone. And Um, a lot of that was because there were so many opportunities for interactions. mm -hmm. But now that the rules aren't universal, like the Space Marine reroll one to hit buff doesn't apply to anything but Space Marines, so they don't have to yeah. proof it against all these other rules and, you know, combinations. You don't have to memorize an entire section of like, oh, this unit has Preferred Enemy. So what does that do when you're looking at your opponent's army trying to figure that all and out? Preferred Enemy never really worked as intended anyway, because yeah. they got rid of the Preferred Enemy Orcs, or Preferred Enemy <laughs> Imperial Guard. Yeah. It would just, oh, you just have Preferred Enemy everyone, you just reroll your ones. Yeah, like preferred enemy was supposed to. You actually are good against these one yeah. unit in particular. Yeah, and they stopped using it that way, which was always infuriating. Thanks, for me. Matt Ward, because he started doing that with the Necron. Uh, what's his face? Preferred enemy, everyone. Yeah, the <laughs> Destroyer Lord. That was the yeah. first one in that group. But yeah, not having to memorize an entire like you can memorize all the unit entries in the entire game if you want to. If you're if that's your tournament play style and you want to know your opponent's armies just by looking at them. Go ahead and memorize it, but to play the game you don't need to is, is a big deal.
0: Yeah. Okay, are we rating this, or are we just moving on? Rule set?
2: I, I am more than happy to rate it. How about we rate each of uh, the armies that we've played so far in their rules? Do you want to do that?
0: Let's just give them an
2: overall. Overall? Overall.
0: Because
2: I can't I can't rate against the Chaos stuff. I haven't looked at it.
0: And honestly, like, no one's going to play it anyways.
1: <laughs> so maybe, maybe just maybe just how the core dynamic rules sure. I
0: yeah. am comfortably if I'm looking at this objectively as a no. rule set, I like just objectively as a rule set compared to other games that I've played, mm-hmm. it gets a hard four. Yep. And I think the only thing that may or may not be able to bump it up is getting a little bit deeper into the scenarios, so I can reassess this later on. Fair but, enough. I, I, but from what I'm looking at them, they don't seem as dynamic as some of the rule sets, so hard four.
2: Okay. Scenario, that's interesting. Okay.
0: Um, how about you, I haven't Dad? played a game yet,
2: so... So you're a pass? Yeah, I'm going to pass until I actually have more familiarity you're with the hard, hard pass.
1: Four. I'm going to go 4.5. I like how uh, morale has uh, changed. I, I like the character interaction... So like sigma. There's there's a lot of nuances. I apparently I should play some age of Sigmar here right away. So mm, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm going
3: to give it a soft four. But yeah, it's it's good. It's a sad. <laughs> okay, sad.
2: that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to give it a four point five. And the only reason for that. I would give it a 5, but I, I would like to see how the codices shake out. That's a big one for me, because I think that's how they can either make it amazing or ruin the game. Um, and I'm not worried about scenarios, because I'm pretty sure that uh, the general handbook or whatever comes out is going to sort of introduce match play.
0: Well, and the ITC is going to do their own thing anyways, right?
2: Well, the ITC was the playtesters. Like, the LVO guys were play testers for this edition. Yeah. They worked extensively on this and I think they're going to mix the Maelstrom scenarios with their the main rulebook, Eternal War missions, like they did before and the Maelstrom looks even better now than it was way back um, so I think it's going to be good 4.5 is exactly where I'm sitting
1: Alright, Warder, what's coming up? Uh, we've got some events coming up here uh, in July uh, so to start off July 8th we've got the Steamroller uh, at Thunderground Comics, uh, it's their fourth Steamroller of the year uh, so again, 75 points, uh, two lists uh, for that event. Uh, Thunder on the Tundra is going to still be happening July 15th and 16th. They've got several different events going on. Uh, so there's going to be, I believe this is going to be the first official Warhammer uh, 40k 8th edition tournament in the area.
2: Yeah, of of a, of a large size.
1: <clears throat> yeah, small I believe they have uh, hit uh, 36 players for 40k. Which, which is, is
2: surprising.
1: Which is a little crazy. Considering they announced the tournament only after eighth <laughs> after the release. So everybody wants to play eighth edition, which is gonna be awesome. Uh there is also gonna be some uh Blood Bowl, there's gonna be Infinity, Dan's gonna be there playing some Battle Techs. Battle Tech. Yeah, so check it out for sure. It's gonna be Did they
2: did they are they still doing the uh Armageddon
1: the Shadow, Shadow War? War? I don't know if they're doing Shadow okay. War. So 'Cause I think a lot of people. A lot of people that were doing Shadow to War to went to forty K. Yeah. So I think they jumped over. Them. That does not surprise me, Mike. Not, not <laughs> sure <laughs> that's that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh so that, that and then um wrapping up uh the July events is uh Warhammered, July twenty second, twenty third, uh down in Calgary. Uh they have opened up a few more spots, so they've got three more spots open currently for Warhammered. Nice. So I know that everybody that's gone has had a blast. Yep, so always good. A good one to check out as well. Um, the other events that I've got right now is uh, September second. Uh, will be the Thunderground Steamroller number five, again Thunderground Comics in Saint Albert. Uh, I've got an August one.
0: Oh, go ahead. The uh, Sorcerers and Six Shooters. That's why I had. To add. Uh, that uh, Chris from out of the basement's putting on, and that's going to be on August eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. My understanding is that on the eleventh. Is probably I can It's either going to be enforcer brawl or henchman hardcore in the in the Friday evening. Saturday is going to be fifty soulstone gaining ground, and Sunday is likely going to be whichever didn't happen on Friday. So either henchman hardcore or enforcer brawls, just whatever. So you get the three different formats. Yep,
1: cool. Ooh, and I love the logo with like the little Final Fantasy characters, and yeah so good Um, and then uh, we do have Onslaught it can happen October 21st 22nd I'm announcing it this far out because we do have our 10 confirmed game systems that we'll be hosting that weekend Jesus so we're doing Warhammer 40k 8th edition I will be playing in that one 100% Age of Sigmar 9th Age Infinity Malifaux Flames of War is being added this year to the roster Drop Zone and Drop Fleet X-Wing, and we are going to be hosting our first ever Blood Bowl tournament. Jesus. (laughs) What's the name of the cup? What's the name of the cup? It's going to be the Onslaught Sactacular Cup. Love it. I want that cup.
2: (laughs) Have you
0: seen the prizes that they're giving out? Oh, he told me what he wants to do for the Sactacular Cup. Oh,
2: no, the prizes that...
1: Uh, so I'll show you them later uh, There's other suggested ones that, There's so. some suggested ones That yeah. are fantastic So yeah Again ten events Over the weekend and, I just want some uh, bronze balls Dude It's gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> And that's all the events That we have currently Alright Solid
0: roster Sounds great Well thanks for listening Until next time This has been another episode Of Hobby Day in Canada I'm Tom I'm Dan I'm Ward I'm Mike And I'm Steve And play some 40k I guess uh, Give it a whirl Let us know what you think And paint your fucking models That's better. That's good